so glad you could join us for mornings at YCBC today. We want to thank you for being a part of our online family and we hope that this message encourages you, blesses you and helps you grow in your walk with him. So let's get into the word. Hello podcast listeners. Uh, My name is Nick Barber. I'm the pastor at Yes Community Baptist Church. I wanted to let you know that we do things a little bit different on a Sunday morning throughout January, and so that means no sermon podcast for you. But we still want to give you something throughout this month in our podcast feed to encourage you, uh, to build you up in your life and your faith. Uh, So this week, what we want to share with you is the recording from one of our leadership equipping nights at YCBC. Uh, This message is called The Press of Leadership. It's about how leadership can put pressure on you and three things to press into uh, in the midst of that pressure. But we could really replace the word leadership with life here, because no matter what we do in life, uh, there's often times where we feel pressing and pressure. Uh, So we want to give you this uh, message, and we hope it encourages you and builds you up when you feel pressure in life to find three things to press into uh, in those situations. Uh, So God bless, and we'll have something else for you in your feed next week. So tonight I I wanted to talk about uh, the press of leadership. Um, so uh, leadership is exciting, it's you know, fun to see God doing stuff, it's fun to see God growing the thing you're leading or impacting people, um, but there's also often a press that comes with it, like a, a pushing, uh, a, a weight, a load, um, it could be a long list of things that you have to do, uh, and uh, that's kind of the unfortunate thing about most uh, leadership, whether it's business leadership or uh, ministry leadership, you kind of think, oh, it's all going to be like, you know, preaching and leading people to Jesus and what's this admin column on my to-do list? Um, uh, and and it's not, yeah, rosters and things like that. It's not always even admin um, uh, and, and stuff like that. And so uh, with the joy of leadership comes lots of things to do. Um, it also often comes with um, a group of people to manage. So Tony said tonight, that it's all going well, that you know, they've, they've started a business and now there's like six people to manage and that's exciting and fun, but sometimes there can be a press uh, with that. Uh, no matter how many other people we're leading, uh, there's always ourself to lead uh, and lots of writers have said that the hardest person to lead is always yourself um, and, and so there's the pressure of trying to lead yourself and just get your own life uh, stuff done. Um, with leadership, there's also the pressing of uh, living between what is now and the vision God's given you for whatever you're leading. Uh, and so sometimes uh, that can be a real press. It can be uh, something that generates frustration because, you know, you might have, you know, God's brought the thing so far. Like if we look at the church here, um, I'm jumping ahead, but kind of think, you know, I'm just past five years. I'm like five years and five days being the pastor of this church. And I think, thank you. Uh, And I just think, what has God done in that time? Wow. But often there's also a frustration of not with the church or like you're doing it wrong or anything like that, but there's a a pressing of, but there could be so much more that God wants to do. And so there's that pressure, that pressing of living between uh, those two things. Um, I remember at a leadership thing I went to once, they said that leaders pitch their tent between uh, the real and the ideal. Uh, the real is what is now. The ideal is kind of the vision that God's put in your heart uh, for it. Um, so this pressing isn't a, a new thing. Uh, the Apostle Paul 
uh, said this. He said, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show uh, that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. Uh, we are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. And so Paul experienced this pressing, which in that context was a lot about uh, persecution and opposition. And so sometimes that's uh, part of the pressing of leadership. I, um, uh, a few weeks ago, um, you know, was happy with the sermon, uh, not that I'm unhappy with it most weeks, and I just thought... You know, Facebook has this thing where if you spend five bucks, it, you know, or however many dollars, but you can tell it, I want to spend five dollars, and it kind of pushes it out there as an ad. And I did that, you know, spent, you know, I'm going to spend five bucks of my own money and see what God does with this. Uh, and there was, you know, a few likes, a few comments, and this really cranky lady who was so outraged <laughs> that the church was advertising, and I'm so outraged that it's showing up on my Facebook feed, and I'm like, Thanks for your feedback. <laughs> um, I felt like going on a tirade about, well, I certainly see some things advertised on my Facebook feed that I'm not pleased with. Um, yes, yes, yes. Um, but anyway, so, so there's opposition, but it's not just the opposition. Paul, later on, sorry if you can't read this, but I'll, I'll read it for you. It's 2 Corinthians 11, 28 to 29. Um, and this at the end, is at the end of Paul listing all of the, the, the hardships that have happened to him, uh, all of the, the kind of opposition that's come against him, um, the amount of times he's been shipwrecked and flogged and stoned. And, um, and then he said, besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Who is weak and I do not feel weak? Who is uh, led into sin and I do not inwardly burn? And so Paul talks about his kind of, and in the context of that is, he's, he's essentially indicating that all of these horrible physical things have happened to me, all of these oppositions and, and persecutions, but on top of all of that, uh, the weight he most feels is for the, the churches that he's leading. Um, and I'm sure we've all kind of felt that in our leadership experience. We might not be leading churches or a church um, but but in the area that we lead, we feel a, a weight, a pressure, a pressing um, for it. Um, and so uh, that's not a new thing. This this pressing of leadership didn't uh, get invented with smartphones or uh, sound systems or anything like that. It's 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 something ancient that there's there's a there's a burden, a pressing that comes uh, with taking up a leadership position. Um, that's wrapped up in a lot of the things I've talked about. Um, but part of it is just, just bearing that load. Um, so tonight I want to talk about three things to press when you're feeling the press of leadership um, in the midst of that. So the first one is to press the pause button. So when you're feeling the, the, the press of leadership, uh, one key thing we need to do is make sure we press the pause button. Uh, and regularly. And so what I mean by that is rest. Um, um, so I've talked about rest before a whole bunch. I've talked about it in church. I've talked about it in, in our um, leadership equip nights. Uh, some of you I've kind of just one-on-one tried to pin you down to, to make sure you're taking rest. Um, and, and, and I'll keep doing that because um, it's so essential to surviving, but not just surviving, thriving in the press of leadership. Um, and the thing is, rest takes work. 
it sounds a bit back to front, doesn't it? But rest will not happen for you. Uh, especially now we live in a society that has no rhythms of rest itself. It used to be that you, you wouldn't be able to do the groceries any time past midday on a Saturday until Monday morning. That there's just you know, shops were closed. You couldn't go. You, you couldn't. You weren't allowed to sell coffee uh, on a Sunday. I'm not saying it's a, it's an entirely a bad thing. I'm not been religious about that. Um, I certainly appreciate that there's coffee shops open on a Sunday at times. But the point is that. Society doesn't have a rhythm of rest anymore um, and so we need to work to make sure that we have rest. And so that's work to schedule it. We need to kind of plan ahead to decide when are we going to rest. If we just think, I'll rest when the things are done, who's ever had the things done? I think my to-do list, I've got a you know, program on my computer that's a to-do list. I think I probably add about 50 things a week and do about 20. <laughs> and that's what it feels like anyway. I've never actually counted the list, but it always feels like I add more uh, than I ever get done. Um, so we have to work to, to, to uh, plan when we're going to rest. We have to work to protect it because um, the first thing that will happen, because um, Satan doesn't want us to rest and... We live in a society that doesn't rest. The first thing that will happen when we schedule some rest is we'll get an invitation to do something and that thing is usually a good thing. It's usually either something that kind of pulls on your heartstrings to to help another person and I'm not saying that there's never a time where you should help someone else when you've planned rest but um, you have to work to protect your rest. Um, But we also have to work to find out what is actually restful for us what energizes, what uh, refills the batteries. And for not many people, that, that is sitting on the couch watching TV, like just with whatever's on. It might be you've got a really favorite show and watching that just gets you energized and things like that. It might be that just sitting and watching 12 hours TV is what energizes you. I'm not seeking to judge anyone. The point I'm making is we have to actually work out what energizes us. Um, I've actually discovered uh, that going for a run at lunchtime is one of the most restful, energizing things I can do. Um, I obviously don't do it regularly. I need to do more work at it. Otherwise, I would be much more in shape uh, than I am. But, But I wouldn't have thought that several years ago. I would have considered that hard work Um, but I've actually discovered it's one of the most restful things I can do. So we have to work at it. Um, What we need to do is, um, a lot of us would have seen this kind of thing when you're trying to sign up uh, for something on the internet. Uh, Some of us wouldn't have, but you have to, sometimes you have to do a little quiz to prove that you're not a robot. Uh, And other times you've just got to tick this box to say, I am not a robot. Um, And I actually think it's a great reminder for all of us that we're not robots. That we actually need time to pause, to press the pause button and to rest. Um, To to enjoy being in our own skin. If we're leaders, if we're doers, it's so often that we find our sense of self in what we're doing... Uh, find our sense of security of, of doing stuff that feels like other people appreciate it. 
um, pausing, resting is this sense of I'm not a robot. I'm not about just doing. I'm about being. It's time to pause and enjoy God. It's time to pause and enjoy family, whatever family looks like for us. Being in our own skin, enjoying God, enjoying family. It's also time to work through and process negative emotions and feelings. If we don't ever push the pause button and give ourselves time to process, and that doesn't, I don't mean like we have to actively think about everything negative and hard that's happened and, and work out why, but, but it's in that down space, that pause that we were able to process some of that stuff, even if that's sleeping, and, and, and get to a healthier space about it. Um, it's to remind us that the power that's at work in the ministries or the workplaces or the families or the businesses um, or the relationships that we're leading or even leading ourselves, that that power is not from ourselves, it's from God. Um, if we go back to... Um, Paul talked about we have this treasure in jars of clay. We've got this treasure of God's grace in a fragile jar to demonstrate that the power is from God and not from us. And so resting is a reminder of that, that that it's God's power at work, not mine. I remember... um, a quote from Eugene Peterson who passed away um, either earlier this year or last year, earlier this year, I think. He was a Christian uh, pastor and author um, and um, I saw it shared on social media while I was really engaging in some rest and um, (laughs) that's a joke, it's not restful for me (laughs) at all. Um, But um, um, he said it's something along the lines of, I'm going to go to bed to sleep because that's the best thing I can do to prepare for tomorrow, get myself out of the way and let God do his work. Uh, and so there's a sense in pausing, let's God do his thing. Um, okay, so you've got to press the pause button. You're not a robot. Um, we also need to press into God's presence. So when we feel in the press of leadership, we need to press into God's presence. Um, So there's no more important thing for anybody, full stop, but especially for leaders than the presence of God. And so if if you are uh, involved in leadership, our number one priority is to press into the presence of God. Um, And and, for some, that language is a bit, oh, is that right? Um, It's a bit theologically different to what we may have been brought up with for some. The Bible tells us that God is present with us, full stop. So there's nowhere we can go from God's presence, but uh, as David Nathan spoke about here um, a few months back, there's a a difference between God is present and and cultivating and pressing into that presence and being aware of that um, and building relationship with that. and so the idea for a leader is to lead out of the presence of God, to be leading out of that place of relationship with God, of connection and intimacy with God. And so when we're feeling the press, uh, it's when we're coming to the limit of ourself and that's where we need to press more into or focus more on uh, God's presence in our life. Uh, and it's important, especially for those of us 
that lead on a Sunday morning um, because the danger on a Sunday morning, you know, if we've got kids' church coming up, um, if we're service leading, if we're, you know, this is not your core leadership thing, but if we're prepping communion and, and, and uh, or we're even getting morning tea ready for afterwards or we're, even if we're leading worship, um, or, sorry? Or if you're doing all of those things simultaneously, <laughs> which happens sometimes for some. Um, the danger is we focus, though we're, we're here to worship, we're focused on what we're doing, we're focused on tasks. And, and so what I mean by pressing into to God's presence, I mean, it's actually a choice that I'm, I'm not, we might, you know, if you're on the morning tea roster, morning tea's got to get prepped. encourage you to do that before 10 o'clock. Um, that's a side thing. Um, but that's part of a decision too. I'm going to press into God's presence. Even if we're leading worship, we might be leading the congregation in song, but we're more focused on getting the song right. And I'm not saying that this is what anyone's doing by any means, um, than actually pressing into God's presence in worship ourselves. Um, I'm saying this because I'm, I'm so easily distracted myself by the umpteen things that sometimes crop up on a Sunday morning. And so I'm trying to learn to... Realize some things don't have to be fixed. Some things just let the person who's doing that thing do that thing. Um, but there's that real choice on a Sunday morning to press in to worship, especially when you're responsible for leading others. But also it's important, you know, worship and, and pressing into God's presence is, is a 24-7 thing. Um, but especially if you're about to lead something on a Sunday morning, um, during our gathered time of worship, or you have done, it's really important that we be pressing in. It's important full stop. It's not just, but just really want to encourage us, if, if you have some level, especially if you have some level of responsibility on a Sunday morning that impacts on the gathered worship time, that there's a giving out as well as a receiving there to make sure we're pressing into worship. That's true of everybody, um, but I think there's that extra. I'm, I guess I'm talking about that because I really feel that because often I have a responsibility on a Sunday morning um, that I need to choose to press in on the Sunday morning to be there to worship, uh, not just to do a job, um, but also need to be pressing into God's presence at other times. So what does that look like? What does it look like to press into God's presence? For some of us, that might be checking on some worship music, hitting a Spotify worship playlist, uh, for some of us, it might be reading scripture. For some of us, it might be going for a walk uh, out in the bush. Uh, for some of us, it might be going for a drive. Uh, it's anything that helps us to be mindful of God's presence in our life. Um, because He's there, as we've said. He, God is there. There's nowhere you can go to escape from Him. Um, not to the deepest ocean or the highest mountain, uh, as one psalmist wrote. So, when we're feeling the press of leadership, I want to encourage you, press the pause button. Make sure you're doing that regularly. Press into God's presence, uh, whatever that looks like for you. And it's a bit like it takes work sometimes to work out what is rest for you. Sometimes it takes work to work out what, what helps me engage with God's presence. Um, but we have the encouragement of Scripture that says, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Uh, and so the, the author of Hebrews there is, is talking about 
the throne of grace is talking about the throne room of heaven. It's an allusion to the holiest of holies in the temple, the place that only uh, one person, the high priest, was allowed to go once a year. And he's saying we can approach that with confidence, uh, not just uh, the, um, the copy, the, the earthly copy of that, uh, but the actual uh, heavenly copy of that. We, we're invited by, by God to approach his presence with confidence. Um, and so, yeah, encourage you to press in. And the final thing is to press on. Press the pause button. Make sure there's rest in your life. Uh, but unless you're clear that God's telling you, don't press the stop button or the exit button. Uh, press on. Um, so as, uh, this is the point where I was going to talk about five years in, in Yass and wow, God's done amazing things and um, and God has done amazing things uh, in, in the life of our church. There's so many ways I believe that God has grown this church and just one of those is the number of people. Um, and, and yeah, Dan talked about and others affirmed the growth in our engagement in worship and, and our pressing into God's presence and the awareness of God's presence when we gather for worship. Our kids' church has grown uh, like crazy. Uh, contrary to Laurie's comments on Sunday, Please promote the kids' church. If we can cram more in there, uh, it'll be right. Uh, when, they, when they bust out of the seams, we'll build another building um, when we can do that. Um, but yeah, God has done amazing things. And so um, we need to celebrate that, but we also need to press on um, to not just rest at where we're at and think, oh, that was good. We're at the top of the mountain now. Let's stay here. Um, and there's a human tendency and there's a, there's a me tendency to kind of sit with that uh, and, and sit with where we're at. I'm, I'm a raging optimist, um, but I also find that I'm, I, I can't imagine, I can't see who the next person that's going to get saved is. I can't see who the next people who are going to walk through the door and add strength to our church are. And so my mentality so readily, easily, easily slips into managing where we're at. It's important to maintain and do where we are now well, um, but I think we're called to press on. So I really believe that God has more for us as a church. Um, I think there's more to come. And um, so for those of you that uh, listened, listened to the Elevation Church uh, sermon podcast, um, there was a, there's a sermon on this um, this week, um, so I'm stealing some thoughts from there. Um, but these are Paul's words that we, we would know, uh, many of us would know well from Philippians 3, 12 to 14. It says, not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards uh, what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I was reminded by the Elevation uh, Church Sermon podcast that uh, Paul was in his sixth decade when he wrote this. Um, I don't know about you, but I kind of 
smush all of the Bible into one moment in time and picture Paul as a static person. And, 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 but Paul lived a, a lengthy life before his life was taken from him. And so this is the Apostle Paul in his 60s who's seen people raised from the dead, who has seen churches uh, birthed uh, through his ministry and the ministry of others, who's seen uh, the gospel spread throughout the entire known world at that time. Um, and his comments are, we've had, a, aunt, we've had a good run. It's been a good five years and God's done great things and now let's just manage that. His, his comments are, we forget what's past and we press on to what's ahead. Um, and so the guy, uh, it wasn't Stephen Furtick, um, John somebody in, in that sermon talked about, it's not just his past life as a religious Pharisee that Paul's talking about. He's talking about all that's come before this moment. Not that he completely forgets it, but in terms of he's not going to rest on that, he's going to press on to what's ahead. Um, so I want you to encourage you as leaders to dream your wildest dreams about what God might want to do in your ministry area, in your business, uh, in your family. What might God want to do? Uh, the Bible says that He can do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine. Um, you'll have hopefully heard me talk about that there's, I believe, at least 6,000 people in Yass that don't know Jesus. Um, and that number is growing, not because the churches are going backwards, but because more people are moving to Yass and, and many of them don't know Jesus. Um, and so we could look at that and think, oh... What are we going to do? The, the, the problem is so big. And it is a big problem. But I want to encourage us to look at that and go, there's not much limiting what God could do in us and through us as a church, uh, through all the churches of Yas. Um, so I want to encourage you to think about, um, if you're involved in a ministry area in the church, what does your... So at the moment we have about... We, we're averaging 100 people all ages on a Sunday morning. Um, there's about 150 people uh, that I think from my judgment, not that I've interviewed them all, um, but uh, that I believe would consider this to be their home church. Um, so I want to encourage you to think about what looks different or what might need to look different or how what might we need to grow in your ministry area if that number shifts from 100 to 200. What do we need to shift to see it get there? How, what kind of prayer do we need to pray? Not that it's pulling the lever and forcing God, um, God's hand, but, but what does that journey look like and what would it look like once we get there? Um, it might seem crazy for some. Some people might be thinking, 200, why not 20,000? Uh, but I remember... Uh, a time during the week here and I used to be kind of really uh, anti-counting and praying for particular numbers and stuff like that and I really felt impressed by, uh, upon me by God to pray for a hundred people in this church. That seemed ridiculous at the time to me. Um, but yeah, we sit here a few years after that fact and, and, and we're there. Um, but God's only through that given me a heart to see more people 
um, come to faith especially. Um, it's great when believers come in and add strength and, and uh, encourage in their faith. But what would it look like in your ministry area? Um, you know, and forgive me for using Sunday morning. That's just one thing that shows growth. But if the thing you're leading, if it's a youth group of, of sometimes there's five, sometimes there's ten, what would that look like if it was 20? How would we move towards that? What things would we have to um, do differently? And, and also important in that is how do we not lose what we have in that journey? Um, what would it look like to press on to a 1,000? Because if there's 6,000 people in Yas that don't know Jesus and there's about six churches, I'm not saying we have to be a church of a 1,000 people to, to stroke anyone's ego or anything like that, but I'm, I'm pushing, I'm pressing on that to try and expand our imaginations of what God could do. Uh, remember David Nathan, not intentionally so, but it's coming to mind, maybe just because Laurie and Leslie are sitting in front of me, but um, he, he just had this sense he was sharing with us that he felt like Yas was big enough and small enough, um, big enough for there to be momentum uh, in the community, but small enough for it to obviously be all of God. Um, and so for some of us, mentioning numbers, is that's, that's pressing us. We're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And um, please hear me that I'm not all about the numbers. Um, until a couple of years ago, I hated the mention of numbers. Um, but the thing is, every number is a one. And whilst there's 6,000 who don't know Jesus, we can't be content to settle with where we're at. Um, and so we, we must press on. So uh, when we're feeling the press of leadership, who's ever felt the press of leadership in some capacity? Um, raise a finger or, or some kind of... Raise an eyebrow, perhaps. Um, um, if we're feeling the press of leadership, I really want to encourage us uh, to press the pause button. Make sure there are times of rest in your life. I skipped over it, um, but Jesus said that mankind wasn't made for the Sabbath. We weren't made to serve the Sabbath, but the Sabbath was made for mankind. It's, it's a gift for us. And so if you're feeling the press of leadership, or to avoid feeling the press of leadership if you're not feeling it right now, if you're feeling like, I could just run and run and run, uh, let me encourage you to make sure you're pressing the pause button, preferably uh, for a 24-hour period a week. Um, sometimes that doesn't work in our society. Sometimes we need to be really creative around what rest looks like, especially if there's smaller humans involved, um, a shift that, I think God's been working on my mentality because my day of rest now involves a four-year-old uh, in this season is trying to shift from doing things for him so that I'm getting him out of the way in a sense, as harsh as that sounds, but to doing things with him and enjoying uh, being with him. Um, so that, that's kind of fun for both of us. And then that's actually more restful 
for me than trying to, okay, do this so I can do this, do this so I can do this. Um, so make sure you're pressing the pause button. Uh, make sure we're pressing into God's presence. Make sure we're actively pursuing connection and intimacy with God um, and press on. There are times where the press of leadership feels burdensome. Um, but I want to encourage you to press on. Um, and so finally, uh, this is my prayer for us um, before we take a few minutes to pray for one another before we go. Um, so it says, I thank God, thank my God every time I remember you in all my prayers for all of you. Uh, I do really want to say as pastor for a moment, um, I'm not as faithful as Paul in thanking God every time uh, I remember you. But I do want to say I'm really grateful for each and every one of you. Um, uh, and those leaders who aren't here um, because, uh, for lots of reasons, but it is because of this partnership in the gospel uh, from the first day until now. Um, I appreciate Dan's encouragement of, of uh, me as a leader, and, and I'm not trying to be fake humble in saying, but I look at it and go, wow, there's such an amazing group of leaders in this church, and I often just think, what, what, have, what have I... Um, there's times I'm prideful, don't get me wrong. There's times like, oh, geez, I'm awesome. <laughs> but a lot of the time I just think, wow, there's such an amazing group of leaders in this church that I can't actually put my finger on anything that I've done to, to cause it to grow. And it's all been God and that. So I am very grateful um, I'm thankful for you, but my prayer is, and I'm rewording what Paul's written there a little bit, that we would be confident, my prayer is that we would be confident in this, that he who began a good work in us will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ. And, and so that's my prayer for us, is that we would have a confidence as we press on uh, as leaders um, in the midst of feeling the press of leadership, that we'd be confident that uh, in this jar of clay, we have the presence of, a, of an awesome God um, who will carry out to completion what he's began here. Um, and I think God has a really big vision of what that completion looks like. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. As you head back into your week, we want to encourage you to stay in His Word, stay in His love, and stay strong in your faith. Don't forget to keep up to date with what's happening via Facebook, Instagram, or via our website at ycbc.church. See you soon.